0: Hi there, welcome to or welcome back to the Shift Control Podcast. My name is Paul McAnallen. Thanks for joining me on this um, solo cast, which is really all about the world from the um, perspective of the buyer. Um, something that is very obvious and has been covered um, in many different books um, from David Hoffield in his Science of Selling and even into Caldini's um, Principles of Influence. Um, it's They always really focus and emphasize the importance of understanding the view from the perspective of the customer, but I think a lot of the time when people are selling and it gets to the heat of the negotiation, um, they tend to get carried away by other elements of price, for example. Um, that's a real stumbling block, um, I'll come on to that later. But they tend to focus on features and benefits rather than the idea of outcomes and consequences for the person they're trying to sell to. Some research that I've been reading this morning, um, which is headlined, um, what winning salespeople do differently. Um, and I'm gonna write it and write up on it in the blog for this next couple of days. But some of the information is really important um, to, to kind of share now. Um, what differentiates really, really high performance salespeople from the average performers, Um, And there are 10 points that I'm going to go through now, but most of them really focus on those soft skills. Most of them are about engagement, about attitude and behavioural thinking, about trying to see the picture from the eyes of the the customer, trying to see the picture in the other man's head, which is a mantra that a couple of my clients tend to um, chant quite a lot, and it's evidently very successful for them, because um, as they've proven in their respective businesses. um, One of the things that's really important is that they the the prospective the buyer feels that they've been educated either with new ideas or new perspectives. So to be able to fully educate somebody, that means that you have to have a, a, at the very least a high, the same as or a higher level of intellect than the person you're selling to on the subject matter. Um, on the subject matter, that's important to both of you. I don't mean academic intelligence. I don't mean emotional intelligence. I mean intelligence on the product or service that you're trying to sell and with which to satisfy the need of the other person. Um, education is not been talked down to or talked through. It's been, um, educated. education is what it is, I guess. They feel that they've been collaborated with. So everybody talks about working in partnership, but collaboration and co-working are entirely different things. It's probably more of a sincere and deep thing than just working in partnership. So it kind of overused in, in, in my head. Um, they feel that they've been persuaded that they would achieve results. Um, Persuasion is something that David Hoffield talks about in his book, The Science of Selling, when he talks about the central route and the peripheral route um, of influence and persuasion. So um, the central route is basically fact-based and the peripheral route are those soft skills. So you need to persuade people um, that the results um, are are, are gonna be um, reciprocally beneficial for people. Buyers felt that they've been listened to. Um, one of the things that I try and encourage people in my sales seminars is that whenever they're selling is, um, or they're engaged in conversation rather than just selling is that they're trying to ask questions that will suck information out of the client. So you're typically looking at a, a talking listening ratio to about um, 20% talking, 80% listening because it's really what you do with what you've listened to that's important. Um, and it's not about what you say, it's about what you do with what you've heard Um, Buyers feel that they've understood their needs. Um, Buyers felt that they've been uh, helped to avoid any pitfalls. Um, Buyers felt that the salesperson has crafted a compelling solution. So within that comes the notion of storytelling. Um, So again, the idea that you're able to craft your story. um, And storytelling is not just some kind of like, once upon a time. Storytelling is telling your brand storytelling, the rationale they've been able to explain Um, and articulate either in long form, short form, or very brief form, um, how you can add value and where that value comes from. Um, That you're also able to, buyers want you to be able to talk about the purchasing process and be able to talk about it confidently and accurately, because in most of the research that I've looked at and certainly in most of um, the, the books that I read, people don't talk about price. You know, sales people talk about price, sales people talk about price as the first objection to not being able to get the sale, um, and I've always believed that whenever you bring price into the equation early, you tend to end up with a very predictable result, um, but what they do want to know is, they want to know how purchasing process um, affects them. So again, this is about telling your story, it's about being understood and being able to articulate clearly how things work from your side of things, should they decide to buy. Um one of the final things that the research talks about is this connectivity. The buyer feels that they have that you've connected with them on a personal level. Um Rachel Bossman in a brilliant TED Talk and um B-O-T-H-S-M-A-N, I think is how you spell it, but Google Rachel Bossman in TED Talk and she talks about how trust has been changed over this last ten or fifteen years. Um well, she doesn't talk about the 10 or 15 years, I think I'm talking about that, but it's really where institutional trust has been turned on its head. So typically those big institutions like the BBC, like the media, like through the Levinson Inquiry, um, through the Catholic Church, through um, finance and the bank, um, through the Orange Order, Everyone you want to talk about, but the bigger institutions that have had um, a firm grip on a, people for this last number of hundreds of years, that trust has been turned on its head and people are walking away from that and and it's now into more intimate trust. And she talks about examples like Uber and like Airbnb, where you're completely happy to trust an entire, somebody you've never heard of and you're gonna spend time in their house and they're also gonna trust that you're gonna come in and you're not gonna destroy either their taxi and um, the accommodation that they supply. So it's that level of inverted trust um, where you have to trust the idea first, then the platform, and then the person. And that goes counter to a lot of salespeople who really want to establish personal trust very, very quickly in the relationship. It's not really about that. You know, People don't really get into sales negotiations to make friends. Um, It helps if you get on, um, and it's important that you can connect personally, but it's not the most important thing. It is important, but it's not the most important thing. And finally, um, a they talk about value, the, the buyer talks about the importance of perceived value and actual value, um, how you are able to articulate that value um, throughout the sales process where actually closing the sale, um, and it sounds just really poor language to use, but closing the sale starts at the very beginning um, and when you're presenting, um, you're establishing rapport and establishing credibility that you are able to also at the same time display value. and. Um, I think that's really important. So yeah, it's just a very uh, quick podcast on that because I think it's important that in, in the heat of battle and whenever you're working really hard you go through your sales pipeline and whether it's to try and crack new opportunities or whether it's to try and push people further through the pipeline, you've got to remember really what the buyer wants from this. You know, Do they want to be called four or five times in a week? Do they want to have three or four emails asking you to follow up on a previous email that you might have sent, you know, do they want to hear stuff? Do they want to see stuff? Do they want to touch stuff? And again, you go back to um, neuro linguistic stuff. Um, and I'm showing my ignorance there. I'm just calling it neuro linguistic stuff. But the audio, visual, kinetic, kinesthetic, and digital, um, you know, just don't tell people stuff. The amount of salespeople that I work with who refuse to present anything to their 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 buyer, they just want to talk it through because they make the claim that oh, the buyer doesn't have time. You know, the buyer doesn't have time to look at something, really. Um, I don't think that's true. I think the buyer will find the time if you make a compelling enough reason and I think that the, gone to the days when you can just talk through the chat with somebody, especially when you're talking about complex processes or you're talking about statistics or figures, I don't know how you can expect your, your subject to be able to understand and comprehend fully what it is you're trying to say um, if you just present in a very one dimensional way. I hope that makes sense. Um, Listen thanks for for joining me for this very short podcast. Um I'm going to refer in the notes to some reading materials, but I would suggest that you get your hands on David Hoffield's um Science of Selling. Uh, I had a, David on the show uh, about a year ago. Um and he's a really high-octane over-energized American, but his uh his thinking is just amazing and there are some things that you can uh, embrace and adapt to really quickly that will see, you'll see some value very, very quickly um, in your sales activities. So yeah, listen, thanks very much for your time. Um, you can check out my website, which is shift-control.co.uk. I'm on Twitter, um, uh, at shiftcontrol66, and I'll get talking to you again soon.